I'm going to share with us this morning, hearing the voice of the Spirit. Hearing the voice of the Spirit. We don't need to hear the voice of a man or a woman. We must hear the voice of the Spirit. It's found in Ezekiel 2 and 2. It says this. I don't know whether I put it up there or not, but... <clears throat> It says in this, one and two, the day of the month, well, that's not what it, it came to pass. I guess I'm on the wrong page. It's two and two. I'm sorry. I'm too excited. I'm too nervous. But we'll find it here in a minute. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Here we are. And he said unto the Son of Man, stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. I want to title this this morning, Hear the Voice of the Spirit. Silence everything in this world, but hear the voice of the Spirit and what he's saying. In 1 Samuel 3, 1 and 10, Samuel is believed to be 13 years of age when he was laying beside the ark. and He heard the voice of the Spirit. Four times he went to Eli. And the Bible said the word of God was rare and precious in that day. I want you to know when nothing is changed, the Word of God and the Spirit of God is rare and it's precious. It's the only thing that we ought to listen to. Samuel went and asked him four times, is that you? He said, that's not me. No one was hearing from the Word of God. No one. Samuel was raised in a synagogue that the priesthood was evil and corrupt. But I want you to know something there. The Spirit of the Lord was there. It's living in a world of evil and corrupt. We need to get that off our minds and say the Spirit of the Lord is here to minister to me what I need to know. I'm not going to listen to all that kind of stuff that's going on between Eli's sons and everything. I'm going to listen to the Spirit of God. And the Bible said every word that proceeded out of Samuel's mouth came true. And the Bible said the Lord used him up until he died. You ought to say amen. amen. Especially all of you my age, you ought to say amen. The Lord is not through with you because you're old. Your natural flesh is deteriorating. But your spiritual man, Brother Mike, is supposed to be renewed every day. We ought not to look at the deteriorating of our flesh. We ought to look at what the God is doing in our lives. If he can use Samuel as a young child and stay with him until he died, how much so so that God will do you and I today? Hear this, what the Spirit is saying. You've got to disquiet all other things. I think Brother Shelby Crump, I don't remember, were you going to Africa or somewhere? We're going to pray that he would have a very successful ministry there. This guy was ministering in Africa. And there was a, a maniac. He was in the nude. Long hair, long beard, fleas. He was filthy and dirty all over. He was so tormented he runs and screams and cries until he passes out. And he lays down and he passes out. This man was preaching there and open preaching, but he didn't know this man was there. He was preaching on the love of God. You, you know, we ought to find out how much God loves us. How many believe that God loves you? I don't care what's going on in your life. God loves you. 
And he's not going to leave you alone until he finished the work he started in your life. He loves you. And then this particular day, as he was running, he passed out. This man went to him and gave him a Coke. He eat anything he could get his hands on. He was just a skeleton of a man. And this man asked him, said, would you come and sit with me in this, this meeting? We'll just sit on the back pew. They went and sat down on the back pew, and he was preaching the love of Jesus and the power of Jesus. How many know you got to have the power of Jesus? Come on, you, you're going to have to have the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8 said, after the Holy Ghost come upon you, you'll receive power. You'll receive power. You've got to have some power in your life that's greater than anything that's in this world. And it's the power of the Holy Ghost in our life. And he was preaching on the love of Christ and the power of Christ. And he was just preaching away. Brother Shelby, when you go over, you just preach away and forget what's going on. He didn't know the man was sitting back there. He didn't know the man. But all of a sudden, something happened to this maniac. Something come into his mind. Something went down through his body. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. And it drove out ever evil spirit in his body. He leaped up from that place and realized he was delivered. How many know that we have been delivered? We ought to shout hallelujah. The Bible, not the Bible, they said that man, young man went all over those villages and tell, as they shaved him, cleaned him up, gave him a bath. He went all over those villages telling what mighty things Christ had did for him, just like it was in the Bible, Right? God has not changed. People change. God don't change. Time changes, but God don't change. He's still on a set schedule. Amen? He stayed there for a while, and he left that city and went to the city where there was no other one there, and he began to preach Christ and the power of Christ. He saw miraculous, demonic people delivered, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And I believe from the prophets that were here this morning, we are going to see that here right now. When we come to church, we ought to come expectancy. I want you to pray with me. When people drive up on the drive out there, they begin to jigs or whatever you want to call it. When they get out of that car, they can't walk good. When they get in that vestibule out there, they fall down. When they come in the auditorium, they fall down under the anointing of God. Amen? God is in delivering business. He's not dead. He's alive. He's going to be alive until he comes back. He's not going to change. He's not worried about this world because he, he don't have to because he's got you to worry. He, he don't, my mother used to tell my daddy, said, you don't help me worry. I guess it killed her at 95, but I don't believe you ought to worry. I don't believe you got a thing to worry about. Something good is happening. I wish I could hear some of the words of what some of them saw happening up here Sunday morning, and maybe some of them would volunteer to come up and tell it what they saw Sunday morning. God said, call upon me, I will answer you. I want you to bear with me this morning. I believe God wants to answer your prayers when you pray. I don't believe he wants to put you off until a better time. I believe he's ready. He said, I will answer you before you pray. I will give you what you need to have before you pray. There's a lady, I don't know where she's still here or not, but she told me last week when I was talking to her on the phone, she's coming today, and she said, I need to hear from God. I need to hear from God. She didn't need to hear from a man. She didn't need to be counseled by no man. She says, I need to hear from God. And I pray if she's still here this morning, 
the power of the Holy Ghost will speak to you what you need to hear from God right now, wherever you at, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And don't go confer with anybody else when God speaks to you and see if it's of God. He confirmed the word in your life that he is God and you care about him. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The wonderful thing's going to happen today. It's already happening today. Jesus said, everyone that asketh receive, you ought to say, that's me. Hear the Spirit. Then be a doer of the Spirit. This lunatic heard the Spirit come into them. And then they become a doer of the Spirit. They went to tell what good things. Peggy sent me somewhere this week to pick up something she called in for us to eat. And I drove up out that window and told them who it was. And they brought that food for the window. And this is something, if you ever tried to tip people, um, what do you call it? Drive through, they won't take it. Most of them won't take it. They said, no, we don't take a tip. But after that person passed that food to the window, I passed her a bill. I said, I want you to take this. She said, you mean, you, are you sure? Now, let me just say what she said. Are you sure you want me to take this? And I said, I am sure that I want you to take it. And I want you to take it in your hand. I'm going to say unto you right now, I said, I'm going to say unto you that 24 is going to be the best year you ever had in your life. I want you to take that. She said, that's going to be the best year in my life in 24. Listen, I want you to know God wants you to share what he's given you. He's not just giving us something by ourselves. He didn't just give that for Gene. He gave it to the body of Christ to be shared with all of us and for us to share it with the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. People say, well, you don't always know the mind of the Lord. That's a lie from the pits of hell. The Bible said you'll know the mind of the Lord. When you seek him, you'll know the mind of the Lord. David was having a bad time, and the enemy was pressing him real bad in 1 Kings 19, I believe it is. And he said, Lord, do you want me to pursue them? He said, no, I don't. No, I don't want you to pursue them. I want you to go lay down under the mulberry tree. How many know that patience is not our long suit? We pray and ask God for something. If he doesn't do it, well, he's not going to do it. He, he, I want you to know your dream cannot be destroyed. Come on now, say out loud. My dream cannot be what? Can't be destroyed. Hallelujah. It's still there. All it needs to be is resurrected. And he's the resurrection power. That's all he's got to do is resurrect it. The devil wants us to think that God's not hearing our prayers. But your dream can't be destroyed. I cannot control what happens to me sometimes. Hmm? I can't control it. If it would, I'd tell you my life would be different. But I can control my attitude. I can control my response to it. Because the power of the Holy Ghost living in my life, I can control that. The Arab translation gives that. When you hear the horseman's hoofbeat pulling the chariot, when you hear that noise, David, you get up and go. 
Listen, when God gives you a message, you, can, you know it from God, you don't need to confer with flesh and blood. Paul said, I did not confer with flesh and blood. If you confer with flesh and blood, I tell you, how many of you confer with, you're going to have that many different answers. You're going to have that many different answers. You remember many years ago before Sister Faye died, she saw three men dressed in black standing right over there. Y'all remember that? I don't know how many people come and told me what the interpretation of that dream was. It was all zero because none of them matched. I don't know what it was, and I don't care until he reveals it. God wants to reveal to you what he wants you to have in your life. You may have an obstacle. It may look like it's over with, but I want you to know it's not over with. It's not over with. Your dream is going to come out of the ground. God's going to work that dream, and he's going to give you a word, and you're going to have to work, work that word. You're going to have to intelligently get after it and stay after it until you get it. Hearing the voice of the Spirit and then obeying. Brother Ken touched on that this morning. You can hear a voice from the Lord and never receive anything. You can be sure to receive from the Lord and never receive anything because you didn't act. You didn't act. Peter got on, I mean, Jesus got on Peter's boat, and Peter just had one of the most devastating days in his life. He didn't catch not one fish, not one fish. She said, well, I, that, I don't see how that hurt his feelings, because he was an in a fishing industry. They own a fishing industry. If they didn't catch a fish, they didn't live. It was a livelihood to them. Brother Michael, they didn't have nothing. He was devastated. He was destroyed. I want you to know when Jesus steps on your boat, hallelujah, when Jesus steps out of the darkness, how many, how many have had Jesus just step out of the darkness in your lowest point and speak a word of the Spirit in your life, praise God, and automatically you thought what was gone and began to get up. Oh, hallelujah. And Jesus says, Peter, launch out in the deep. I'm going to go with you. I feel like running off this stage and running around this church which further than it used to be. Have y'all you, have you, have you ever noticed it further around this church than it used to be? Yeah, it's getting longer all the time. I want you to know God is going to come to you wherever your devastation is. When you have failed so miserably and you don't know what to do, he's going to show up to you and say, I'm aboard now. When your captain gets aboard, he will stand up and look the storm right in the face and the wind right in the face and said, you lie down, you wicked beast. You're messing with my children. Whew. You ought to shout hallelujah. Anytime the devil gets messing with you and you don't have the authority and the power, he's going to step right into your mess with you, with your lost with you, and he's going to restore you back where he wants you. But then you got to act. Amen. God's going to take you sometime right back where you fail. Like I heard a message one time, you better not run off from the church. The only way back is the same way you run off. If you're going to get back to God, the people you offended, you're going to have to apologize or you'll never get back to God. But he carried him out. Ooh, I know I'm talking to somebody this morning.
and feel that in my spirit. You feel like you it's your rope's end. And you may be, it may be true. But I'm saying this morning, Jesus is going to step right in your boat. Oh, he's going to step right in there. And he's going to take you right back if you let him. How many of them remember Brother Sam's message, last one? Maybe not the last one he preached, but up here about the sheep. How many remember that? Huh? The sheep has got to be willing for the master to get you up on his shoulder and take you back to the foe. And as they rolled back out, obedience, obedience. He let down the let. He had the greatest catch he ever had in his life. I feel the Holy Ghost telling me this week to tell my people, you're going to have the greatest catch you ever had in your life. If you will launch out in the deep, at my command. Don't don't move just because you feel something. You be sure to try the spirit. Whoo, hallelujah. The devil can transform himself into the angel of the light. And not every Christian can tell the difference between the devil and Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit. Because it's like a light. It looks good. Amen. What's the guy that had the what's the dunk's cap on his head? Sitting in the corner. He said, How come it is when you do and it feels so good? And after a while, it turns out so bad. Your God is going to do you good all the time. He's going to let you know if it's of God. And if it's of God, you move out. And you're going to get a catch. We're not going to let you rest. As long as I'm in this flesh, I'm going to keep reminding you that God loves you. God loves you and he cares about you. He cares about you. You remember the story very well, Elisha? Asked Jehazi, I said, this woman's barren. They have no children. Said, she's old. She can't have children anyhow. She's done past that age. Listen, you ain't past the age of barren spiritual children for God. God's going to use you until you die. Amen? Did nobody say amen? He's going to use you until you die. The devil may want to make you feel like you've got to give up. So he said, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. She said, don't mock me. <laughs> Look at this old woman. Don't, don't you mock me. You know what? There's nothing, Sister Linda, there's nothing impossible with God. He said, this time next year, you're going to have a child. She had a child. He was out in the field with the father. He got a fever. The father carried him to the mother. She carried him and laid him up on the bed of the apostles. Y'all got that? I want you to know something. The child was what? dead. She told no one that the child was dead. This is where a lot of Christians lose the promise of God. They start telling the negative thing about the situation. I'm not sharing with you what the Lord has revealed to me about my own life. You're going to have to stop that kind of stuff. Hmm? You know what called the children of Israel wandered 40 years in the wilderness? Unbelief. Hear negative reports. Hear negative, listen to negative report. Report a negative report. She got on that donkey and she told the man, 
said, you drive this donkey and don't you worry about me. I mean, you drive him. Notice this now. When she got to Elisha, she didn't mention anything about that child being dead. Is that right? Is that right? Didn't mention not one word. Elisha tells Jehazi, Brother Melvin, you take my rod or my staff and you lay it up on the child and you go immediately. I'm going to come with the woman. We'll come along. Jehazi came back. And what did he say? What did he say? He said the child didn't awake. Let me, let me go with you again. If you're telling everybody, once you get a word from God and you start telling the negative things, you're going to lose your reward. You're going to lose it. When he got to Elisha, said he didn't awake. Elisha didn't say that he dead then. He went in there and laid down on that child, put his mouth, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many glad for first aid? Anybody in here ever had first aid? What, what's the other word for it? Uh, Kelly Hill, you had it. How it for me? Showed you how to breathe in their mouth and bring them back to life, didn't it? Huh? CPR. Well, Brother Billy, I wouldn't dare do that. Mm. Dan Thomas, the guy worked in the soil lab, come up on the wreck. They had this woman all laid out there. This is a true story. Worked, worked for the highway department. Some of you might knew him. He drove up there and he told them who he was. And, and they told him about this lady, what kind of condition she's in. They more or less thought she's dead. He said, well, I'm registered to do CPR. Would you mind if I do it? And they said, no. He got over. That woman said, oh, oh, oh. He said, she got up. Listen, God has given us the power of the Holy Ghost to breathe life into those that need life. He got a power to quicken the spirit in us to breathe into those that need to hear the living word of God. He's love. He's powerful. He cares for your soul. Didn't say one word about the negative. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to close right here, I think. Jesus was healing the sick. And the woman with the issue of blood had just got healed. And a runner came and told Jairus, your daughter is what? Anybody know the story? Your daughter is what? What? Your daughter is what? What do you think everybody believed? I want you to notice what Jesus says. Every negative thought, feeling comes in your life, I want you to counteract it with the living word of God. What Jesus said, be not afraid, only believe, only believe. I wish they would get Matthew, I mean Luke 8 and 55 ready if you would please. Luke 8 and 55, we're going to get that up there in just a minute. So he went to Jairus' house. And they was all weeping and wailing, saying, she's dead. She's dead. What did Jesus say? She's only asleep. And they laughed him to scorn. 
When you're getting somebody to, with you to pray with somebody that's in dire need, don't invite anybody that's negative. Jesus wouldn't let them go in with him. He's leaving us an example. Don't, don't you let them go because negative is going to kill. One negative person can ruin the whole situation. Ten negative people ruined a whole nation. And Jesus says, she is a what? Sleep. She's not dead. She's asleep. And they laughed him to scorn. Did they get that? If they didn't, I'll read it. Luke 8 and 55. Luke 8 and 55. What does it say? When Jesus, what did you say? Do what? Do what? Read it, read it, Harley, read it, what it says there. Now, wait a minute. What did Jesus say? She's a what? Is that what he said? He said she's asleep. Now, notice what this scripture says. All right, Harley, go ahead and read it. The spirit what? But she's asleep. She was actually dead. Huh? She was dead. You say, well, Jesus lied then. No, he didn't lie. I have prayed with people. I've been around with people. That people had the anointing to pray for them and asked them, said, stand to your feet and confess your healing. This is what to say. I do not confess anything I don't feel. That's why they don't never receive. Because they're going by feelings. They're not going by the living word of God. Notice what Jesus said here now. She's what? Are y'all with it? And her spirit did what? So she has to be what? Hello? You got it? She has to be dead. But when that anointing with that power and that authority had no hope to the grave, when that power and anointing began to speak, that spirit had to return back into that dead body and raise that dead body up. Because Romans 4.17 said, I do not speak as things as are. I speak as things as I want. So Jesus didn't lie. He's teaching us how to speak the Word of God in the face of tragedy when everything is lost. Listen, your dream is not lost. Your vision is not lost. It's asleep. But it's going to come up. The seed that is in Genesis is going to come up again. God is going to water it. And you're going to work it. Amen. God is watering it. We got to work it by speaking the Word of God. And I'll call it. I don't care what you feel this morning, what it looks like this morning. Start of your dream is not gone. I know what your dream is, but it's not gone. There's a seed there. He's going to water it. You're going to work it. And that dream is going to come alive. And you're going to see that dream manifested when we learn to speak what God is saying to speak. I don't care how it feels. You say it's alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Because Jesus has spoken into my heart. Praise God. Praise God.
Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Well, I've been this way so long. I don't care if you've been there 40 years. God speaks to your dream again. And then it comes out of that grave. Praise God. Brother Sam, why don't you run on up here a minute, please? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You call things as they're not, as you want them. Christians do not walk beside. They walk by faith. Come on over here, please. Y'all got a young, handsome man here. Don't you envy him. Oh, my goodness, don't you envy him. Oh, hallelujah. Diane, I'm probably going to get on me, but you just have to get on me. I know for sure my time is short. I know that. I don't deny that. But until I'm here, wherever I'm at, I'm going to be doing what God calls me to do. It may not be behind this pulpit, but I'm going to be behind the man. If he's going to be the man, it's going to be in the pulpit. I'm going to be behind him and supporting him. He God, Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. God can use the young people as well as the old people. You say we need some young people. You need people that's anointed with the spirit and the power of God. You need old people that's still anointed with the power of God and forget about your body is a deteriorating. Remember what God can do for you. We're going to be praying for them. We're going to be praying for the Sunday school teacher. The anointing to be in there so strong, so powerful. That whole class is going to change. Thank you, Brother Sam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. God bless you for being here today. I believe the Lord has been here today. He's met us.